Barber College Success. Brought to you by Craig Charles of Crown Cuts Academy JC, Crown Cuts Academy Bristol, and Craig Crown Cuts Downtown JC. With my guest, can't wait to hear this episode. He said he <laughs> can't wait to hear what I got to say. Hey, am I Fields? Am I your barber, Marion, Virginia? I'm excited to hear what happened to Craig this weekend. Oh, I wouldn't man. even let me tell you. I, I wanted him to tell everybody. <laughs> it's gonna be the icing on the cake. Yeah. But Barber College Success, a podcast for any listener out there who's into this industry, who's looking for an upgrade, looking for some insight, looking for some knowledge on anything barbering, anything how to be, any way how to become successful, any way how to leverage yourself. In life, you want pluses, not minuses. And I guarantee you, on this show, it's all about pluses. We teach you and let you listen to our great interview skills and our great guests and teach you how to earn the crown in this industry. Whether it be barbering, cosmetology, nails, aesthetics, anything in the cosmetology department, massage, yoga. I mean, I, I think it's the same avenue, but we call it Barber College Success because barbering is our expertise. What do you think, my guest? Introduce yourself. In my fields, you know, yeah, it's our, it's what we do, man. And anybody that's just trying to be an entrepreneur, I think there's a lot on here for anybody that's just trying to go in business for themselves. Oh. Whether it's barbering, uh, you want to be, a, you want to weld, you want to yeah. be Lathan. What Lathan does, yeah. awesome. So. Trucking company. Yeah, I think it's just important to kind of start off with something. And when I originally started this podcast, I didn't know it was going to explode and get to this point where it's top twenty-five in the country in the world. A barber content, and yes, you did. You had it inside you. You felt it. You go feel it. I mean, as of anything I do, I always do it for the love. Mm-hmm. It's something that I like to do. That's gonna give me fun, enjoyment. Just give me purpose in life. Just give me a sense of just being a part of something. So it wasn't set out to be like, oh, it's gonna explode and be the best. But I know the energy and the effort I put into things. I guess that's the first part. When come to think of it, that's the first part of it. When you put energy into something and you, the energy that you have is goodwill and trying to be positive and trying to show some love, I guess that's where it begins and evolves. I'd say 99.9% of the time, yeah, 100%, almost, mm. you, you're going to be there. But today, before we talk about towards the end of the show, we'll talk about towards the end of the show what I did this weekend. But I want to talk about working in the shop, just being a, a barber, just working in the shop. It's funny. I like. I'm just now really getting to, to where like I'm so focused on what I'm doing that like the students are separate almost. Like I'm seeing what they're doing that's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, there's there's some downtime in the shop. I mean, but the thing is, you you see it from a, like a 360 view, and you're kind of understanding that everybody start out have these different ideas and where they want to go, where they want to be, and by the time you get through a barber school your thoughts and your process kind of have developed and molded into a position where you're like, man, okay, I can do this now. I can do this with confidence, and I could be more than just a, a barber. Yeah, and uh, there, and there's different avenues for that. There's a lot of different ways you can go. I mean, and and sometimes it's okay if you just want to just cut hair sometimes. And, and and that's that's what the show's about. It's okay to be okay just to be in a master barber in someone else's shop. Feels good. Sometimes it feels good to just be able to go to work, get paid, and go home. Yeah, that's think, a that's think, a great feeling. Th- I mean, it's it's easy. It's it's a good life. It's no stress because you have to think about: Do you want this responsibility of being a shop owner? Do you want this responsibility of just having to pay all the bills? 
Do you want the responsibility of having to think about the insurance? Do you think you want the responsibility of having to turnover? Turnover. Work, having employees. Having employees. Thinking about the toilet paper. Thinking about the getting down to the cleaning supplies. Just thinking about who's going to clean the shop that, that we, who are you going to pay to do this? Mm-hmm. Who's going to do the marketing? Sometimes it's just as easy as to wake, wake up, go to work, cut hair, have a good conversation, and make some great money. And then you still create while you do that. Yes. And I, I, I see my brother-in-law, he opened the shop that we work at now, and I kind of seen the the grind that went into it um, and and all the effort that it takes to, to keep a shop going. And I'm kind of glad I haven't taken that on yet. And, and it's an accomplishment which which makes you feel good. Of course. Your subconscious mind makes your subconscious mind feel good and makes you feel good as well. But I think it's something that you have to carefully think about because – there's a lot that goes into that, and you've talked me off the edge a couple times. <laughs> I was ready. To, I was ready to go ahead and, and build uh, the uh, some giant shop and throw all my money in it and go into debt, and just to have a place to cut without even thinking about all the other possibilities that go into it. And and I'm glad I didn't because now I, I feel like you know everything that's happened in my life recently, I've, I've gotten a chance to breathe, and I couldn't imagine adding the stress of opening a business and dealing with that on top of everyday life right now right and and shop hopping doesn't help you either no i mean it's the same thing every i mean it might be a different uh different building it might be new clients but at the same time you're still in the same environment and if you can't survive in that environment it doesn't matter where you go yep important it's important it's important because i know i've known some barbers who dip shops like three four five six different shops and thinking that every shop they go to is going to be better for them. There's some circumstances where you can move shop where you should. If it's not working, if you can't get along with the your employees, the shop is not bringing no income. But those things you have to do in advance to find out the dynamics of the shop. Exactly. Get to know the owner. Get to know the walking traffic. Get to know if it's booth rent commission. Get to know if what, what the walking traffic is. Do you guys just do strictly appointments and sell into a point where you're marketable enough where you can make money? And and also, I mean, if if, if you're shop hopping, if you're going to shop after shop, ain't no way those relationships are all ending well. If right. you're if you're going for shop, and then you build a reputation for yourself, and reputation, it might just be, you might think, oh, I'm in the city, I can go here, I can go here, but you go to South Side, North Side, but eventually your reputation is going to follow you, especially if right. you're keeping the same clientele. Yep, it's it's important and. I just want to talk to that student out there who is thinking that thought process is, hey, I want to go into this industry, um, live good, have a good name, um, put some savings up, acquire some good income, and just live really good. Because as a barber, you can leave out the shop making sometimes a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars a week. And you're the breadwinner. You don't want to take yeah. care of the family. You know, and, you, and your, your spouse might not even have to work. And you're. All you have to worry about is paying that booth rent or that commission, which typically is about 20% of what you make, 15 some 15%, 15 to 20%. Some shops are 30 40 And that's the price of doing business. That's right. just part of the game, whether it's, like you said, commission or booth rent. You know, it all averages out to about the same. So, I mean, you got to figure out what you want. But how to market yourself now, that's the key. You have to think about how to market yourself. How do you make yourself more valuable when you're leaving school to go into a shop, what are the things that you can do? Um, making yourself more valuable, uh, getting—I mean, getting as much information out of what you're doing before you leave, so you don't turn down any services. Right. And that'll always help you get your chair full. 
Um, I think exposure is really important. Right. I think getting yourself out there, participating in uh, school functions or participating in fundraisers, you know, things like that that might not seem – it might be an investment right. on your part, but at the same time you're getting your face and self out there for people to see you and know what you're doing and, and bring in clientele to yourself. And you're thinking that you're not getting the return right away. No, and it's not the S word. We don't say the S word. It's an, <laughs> yes, investment. It's an investment. And, and sometimes uh, that can be tiring and exhausting, but it, I think a wise person thinks about the long term and not yes. the short term. Yes. Short term person says, man, I ain't trying to do that. I ain't going What's out the S word? Sacrifice. We don't use that. I saw Lathan trembling over there. We don't use that. We use the word instead of sacrifice, we replace that with investment. You're investing in yourself, you're putting that work into yourself. That's important. That's everything. I think that's valuable. And especially, and and if you know, instead of, and if you do have downtime in a shop, um, and you feel like, man, uh, is it? I think every barber has that one feeling, like, man, what did I do wrong? <laughs> I just said something to somebody, and it, yeah, and you're like, man, what happened to this client? So and so supposed to be here, but everybody has a slow time in the shop eventually. And and if if you have a slow time in the shop, and you're wondering what you can do better. Start putting more effort into whatever else it is in marketing or whatever, and then you, you, your cup runneth over. Yeah. Um, build your clientele list. Write their names down. Um, write their address. Write their email address. Write their birth dates. Birthdays. You know what I mean? Birthdays. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you can send them a, a little thank you note saying, hey, happy birthday. I really appreciate you just patronizing my business. Um, for Christmas, say, hey, thank you. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Little things like that help. Everything. Yeah. So... Being able to market yourself on that manner when there's downtime, that's important. Because you think when there's downtime, there's nothing else to do. But there's so much to do. You can grab a mannequin. You can practice. I was thinking about the birthday thing. Like, I hate going to the dentist. But for some reason, and I don't, I'm not even making this up. For some reason, when I get that little card that says, hey, am I? You ready to get your teeth cleaned? I'm like, maybe I am. You know, and I'm excited about that, it, but at the same time, I still hate it. Their personal touch. Yeah. Their personal touch is amazing. People don't, people don't underestimate that. And you can start with those personal touches in school to set yourself apart. Because I know from experience as being an instructor, a lot of students don't like setting themselves apart. They just want to do the bare minimum, come into the building, and just be a cutter. Well, they're afraid to stand out because when they stand out, people start pointing out imperfections. Right. But everybody has imperfections. Um, I had a student, um, he posted a picture this Saturday. And the picture was, he's in the shop. Mm-hmm. And the picture was inconclusive. The haircut wasn't really finished. And I was contemplating of should I text him and let him know what he should do different? But as an instructor and someone who loves the industry, I sent him a message. And I sent him a message thinking, like, man, he might take it personal. Yeah, I think about that stuff. You know what I mean? But the, when, he, when I showed him the picture that he posted and I showed him what to do, he's like, oh, man, I thought about that. I looked at that picture. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Appreciate the feedback. My dad always says, speak the truth in love. Yeah. Whenever you do that, whenever, you, whenever you're criticizing, not criticizing, whenever you're giving advice in a, in a loving manner, a caring manner, right. then it's going to be well-received. And if it isn't, you know, that person's probably doing and he, something. And he, and he understood why I, I, I called him. And because I know as a new barber in the shop with experienced barbers, your thought process is you want to work as fast as them and you want to keep up with them, but that's not fair to you. I feel like that, in a, especially in our apprenticeship. But and and, the, and you know what the clients thinking because they watching. For me, it was like, man, this dude done did two. They done did two haircuts, and I ain't even. I'm still in the chair. Yeah. So but, and but that that's was good. Take yeah. the time and, and build and grow. 
take your time building, girl. Get to know the personnel in the shop. Get to know your, your barbers. Get to know the clientele. Get to know your skills. Slow it down. And a lot of times the mistake that barbers make, they just go so fast. Yeah. And instead of just like taking your time, taking a deep breath, walking away and coming back, if you feel embarrassed to ask another barber in the shop for some help, stop. Take a deep breath, walk away and come back. I think anybody in this industry that I, that I have personally met has been more than uh, helpful in me anytime I had questions. And, and and even in this industry, a lot of the guys that seem like they're unaccessible right. uh, are, are really very easy to get a hold of. I was speaking to one guy, uh, Taylor Faye Trevor. Mm-hmm. And I was asking about coming on the podcast, and I, and he's like, yeah, I was, he's like, you want my information? I'm like, yeah, let me get your number. I was like, you probably change it, you know, three or four times. He's like, no, nah, same numbers as I had since high school. So. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, you don't realize that people are accessible. Yeah, all this is the conversation and a question, and just be able to be confident enough to ask someone for help. I think barbers are some of the most confident people in the world. Like you have to be. I think you have to come be confident to greet somebody, meet new people, and give a hundred percent of your effort to somebody that you've never met before or don't know what they're thinking and try to create something great for them. I think that grows over time because you almost have to because people will not patronize you if you don't act like you appreciate their business. So I think it's because there's a lot of barbers too who are really shy and what they do, they're on their phone or they have their headphones on listening to music, which is a total no-no. Yeah, You can't grow your business like that. So, So you're saying that even if you aren't a sociable person that you can learn that skill by being put in there. Like somebody would learn a new language, you put them in a different country, eventually they'll start picking up the language. Right. Because naturally someone's going to come in there who's a talker mm-hmm. and they're going to ask you questions because the, they're, they are a talker because they're trying to get comfortable to know if you know what you're doing with, that, with, your, with your tools. Or just knowing you. Just, uh, just knowing you. Mm-hmm. And people will kind of find their way strategically and smart. People will find their way to see if you're comfortable in your skill, what you're doing. So a lot of times, after a while, you get there so many times, you don't have a choice now but to reciprocate the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then you ca- you got to get some of the same questions over and over again so you kind of know how to answer it over time differently. I ask a lot of questions. Right. I, I, I still, <laughs> and even just about people, like I'll forget stuff. Like the students, get up, they get mad at me because I ask them where they work at and <laughs> I don't ever I mean, remember where they work. I mean, <laughs> they all work in different but places. But just being a barber, conversations is something that rules the nation. When you're a barber, you have to make someone feel comfortable mm-hmm. when they're in your chair. Some And some people, uh, they feel comfortable just not talking. That's true. And I appreciate those clients. Of course. We both can sit here and not talk because I'm going to talk to the next person. Right. <laughs> but and that's but that's rare. But that's, that, and that's a good thing about staying in the shop and going to work in the shop because over time, you learn how to build those qualities up. You're giving yourself time to build those qualities up, build those relationships because your network is your net worth. I think the I think the number one thing I had to learn over time uh, that I didn't just pick up in a shop was how to handle my money. Right. Um, I, you got people like Ryan that go in it, and they're already business savvy, and they know yep. what to do with it. But for me, it was like I was learning as an apprentice, and the guy that I was learning from wasn't really – Right. He was putting it in his pocket, you and, know, and then spending it or whatever, and, and I really and, had to break that habit. And, and luckily, Ryan came from a different perspective. Ryan was someone changing career mm-hmm. who, was a, who was a teacher at a high school in the financial teaching financial literacy. So that has helped him as he's going into his barber career. And then you got the business degree. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to go out and be in a situation to ask those type of questions to 
your instructors to the school owner when you go into an interview for the school. Mm-hmm. And even ask when you get into opportunity to go into a shop, that's something you want to be able to model and have uh, the owner of the shop or have someone, a manager of the shop, sit and talk to you about, hey, what do you guys do about taxes? What do you guys do about, um, do you have any suggestions on how I should handle my money starting out? Building those relationships and from shop hopping is hard to kind of build those relationships. I mean, I, I just think about those people are probably just, they're burning bridges anyways. I mean, with, with shop hopping, um, they're just not happy anywhere. But I will say that um, it really, it took time for me to figure out the whole, the money thing. And, I, and I'm happy that I'm learning now and I'm so interested. It's a process. And, and, and when you figure it out, the whole money thing, it really gives you another sense of freedom yep. to know that you're handling, you know where all your money's going and you know what you're dealing with. Investing. And, yeah. And you should, and also I think you should promote the shop that you're at. Of course. Uh Regardless, if if you're just if you're new there and you think you might be there for temporary, tempor- temporarily, <laughs> but you should still promote the shop. Some barbers' thought process is so skewed. Their thought process and thinking is, well, I'm just gonna promote me because I'm working in the shop. Mm-hmm. You working in the shop, so you have to promote the shop too as well. You have to build the shop up, build yourself up, but build the shop up as 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 well too. You can do you can do both of them. You can't just highlight yourself and say, well, this is um, Mark um. Touchdown Barbara. Where are you working at, Touchdown Barbara? <laughs> Where are you working at? You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to go into it like you want someone to treat your shop when you have a shop one day. And then everybody can eat together because everybody if, if you have together. overflow or you got a day off, you, you can, can just help hook somebody up. It yeah. don't hurt. It don't, I mean, they're going to get a haircut for somebody. Might as well be in your shop. So the thought process of some barbers where they just kind of. But I guess that's from not being organized in your thought process. And having a game plan going in. And you can go into, if you tell a shop owner, hey, I'm only going to be here two months, three months, they might not hire you. Be honest. Be honest with your feelings. Be honest with yourself. If you tell them, hey, you know what? I have aspirations of opening a shop one day, but I can give you two years. Be honest and give that best two years of your life in that shop because if you hope to have employees, you want that to be reciprocated. And I think sometimes it could be, for me, I had a lot of bad habits that I got from just working around guys that had bad habits in the industry. Yes. Like some of it I, I didn't realize was bad until I got off to myself and was like, I need to focus and do better on this. Right. You know, it, it, it had my own um, epiphany just from being around successful people and learning. But, I mean, sometimes it might be the fault of, of, of people that they've learned from. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the moral compass should always point north, in my opinion. So yes. you should know what the right thing to do is. Of course. And if you feel that you're in a situation – that it's not working. I mean, then you have some conversations with people who you, in the industry who you see is working for and ask them, what can you do differently? Or maybe maybe you're just in the wrong platform. Maybe it is time for you to go travel and, and meet other people and, and do the, do your thing. I mean, sometimes, or maybe even it's time for you to open a shop. I mean, who knows? The more and more I hear you say it, am I, when you talk about just doing something besides cutting hair makes it worthwhile. I, I, I started thinking about that when you said that, and I felt it. But I start thinking about it more, how it just makes it so much worthwhile. Where coming to the podcast, that's part of the barbering industry that mm-hmm. we're part of. Being an instructor, that's part of the barbering industry that we're part of. And then also cutting. It just makes it so much more worthwhile because you're being around people with so many different perspectives in the same industry. Yeah. I really feel like it's such a – I feel like the range is so far now with just this, um, being at the school, cutting in the shop – 
I feel like I, my reach is so much bigger mm-hmm. and, and I just want to be positive and reach out and touch other people with that. And it's just, that's, that's a more of a blessing to me than just giving you a great haircut, right? Being able to touch people in a positive way and be encouraging, whether it's people that are cutting hair, cosmetologists mm-hmm. or students, I can just be encouraging to them. And because we get so stagnated sometimes mm-hmm. where we just look like straight ahead mm-hmm. and I understand we want so much more. We want different things, but we're looking straight ahead. In order to get more and see certain things, you have to open up your blindness. Yes. You have to look both ways. You have to look straight ahead. You have to look behind you. And it's hard when you first start cutting hair because I remember the only thing on my mind was cutting hair and building clientele. Right. And then, you know, I almost had to get a shook in a way um, that a way that something happened and it shook me. I was like, hold on, let me look up and see what's going on. Okay, I am blessed and, and it is getting a little bigger. And I need to focus more on everything going around me because, you know, just putting my head down is, 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 is making me ignorant to the rest of the stuff. Yes. And I'm neglecting parts of my business that I didn't even know. And that's what made me grow. Once I, once I was able to look up and be like, okay, this is a whole organization here. And that's options of just working in the shop, mm-hmm. staying in the shop and working in the shop. You give yourself options when you say, you know, maybe I want to be an instructor. Be an instructor one day a week, two days a week, and then you can still work in the shop. And, and man, and that's a blessing just to have an instructor's license and know um, I actually went by my local trade school to check out their program. Uh-huh. And they're like, man, you know, you could be in. And I'm like, no, thank you. I'm already an instructor up right. here. And but it was just such a blessing to know that, you know, there's more career opportunities for myself. I'm yep. not limited. And if there's ever a time that I am tired of being behind a chair, yep. I could I can go teach in a school. Yes. yes. And, and, that, and that's a blessing. That's like almost like a retirement. Open, open up your options. Exactly. Because you broaden your horizon, you build in your network, which increases your net worth. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's amazing when you could do something like that. I mean, I just I just, I'm just so thankful that I can come in here every day and just think about it. Like, man, why was I just thinking so secular when I was younger in the in this barber industry? But the thing was, I wasn't really branched out getting into mentors, being around other people in the industry. I was just thinking about the guys in my shop. Well, and I appreciate you allowing me to be on this platform and, and to break up my day has just helped me grow so much. And and I think that honestly, if I just stayed cutting hair for myself personally, it might have got old. Right. But being able to do these little things and and increase and and learn how to grow myself, I think is the biggest thing because I I was able to see what was possible, and then I could say, okay, if I wanted to do this, I can do this. Right. Or if I wanted to do this, I could do this, and then I could find different avenues to go with it and just create for myself. Is and and we're not telling people don't have aspiration of owning your own shop. Don't go in and look to try to open your own business. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there's enough out there for all of us. Don't try to put yourself in a situation that you can't. Don't bother more than you can chew. Take your time. You come out of school. Go in the shop. And, and there's two things. And, and, and there's one thing that I know that really uh, kind of opened my eyes. Uh, and I'm talking to you and Micah. I remember one of the things Micah said, you know, I was like, Micah, how do you know when it's time for you to open your own shop? And he's like, when you know, you'll know. Right. And I was like, thank you. And then I really thought about it. And I'm like, am I just doing this because of uh, not secular, but but just I wasn't ready. I just didn't wasn't able to tell myself I, I wasn't ready. I think a lot ready. of times it's like an ego thing because everybody looked as every business that is open and the man behind this is so successful. Yeah. And that's not true because there are a lot of businesses who struggle and fail from somebody open. You have to be strategic how you open your business. Yeah. 
and I and I actually ran into an older gentleman uh, in the town that I grew up in, and he owns a, a a vehicle. He fixes vehicles, and I was asking him. I was like, "So you know, give me what's what's one thing that I need to know about business?" And he said, "One thing about business is." Everybody assumes you're rich. <laughs> if you yeah. own your own business, everybody assumes you're rich right there. And he's like, that's one of the most common misconceptions. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you can go somewhere and work for someone and build yourself up, that's not a bad option either. That's what you should do. Honestly, you should get the, you should, fi- you should watch and see what's going on and learn. And you're not going to learn what's going on in a year. Mm-mm. You're not going to learn. You, you didn't even learn how to cut hair the best you could in a year. It's still going to take you more time to grow, you know? So, you have to sit back, see what's going on, learn everything, help and promote and 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 take weight off of the shop owner and and help him that way he'll teach you or reciprocate to some of the things that he's taught you and the key is like you just said, not because you own the shop, you're gonna make all the money. A lot of barbers make more money than the shop owners. Mm. The shop owner have still have more responsibility um you might and if they're not there all, every day. You're doing the legwork, but you're making all the money, too, as well, mm-hmm. a lot of times, especially in barbershops, per se. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. mean, I guess guys doing really well for themselves, and they and they, they they clean off their clippers, and they put their stuff up, and they walk out. They ain't got to stay there to make sure the lights are on, that it's, it's clean, or, right. or, you know, all that stuff. And there's some barbershops where the barbers don't even sweep up for themselves. Mm. What a world that is. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have, all they have to do is come with their tools. They have to set up no hot towels. Don't do nothing. Man, that's got to be nice. Yeah, I'm I mean, ice skating through hair all day. <laughs> These dudes get their homes. <laughs> yeah, if you go in a situation where you could just, say, make $15,000, $2,000 a week, that's, that's a blessing. That's $6,000, $8,000 a month. Mm. I mean, not too many people in this country make that type of money. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that's 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 – that's got to be top echelon scale. Claim that though, so they can see it. So yeah. when we tell people we barbers, <laughs> the average pay is eighty grand. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. And then if you want to branch out and you can market yourself so much more, you say, "Hey, you know what? I want to get my instructor license. I want to teach a class on the side. I want to teach the skill that I perfected in the shop. I want to start teaching that." Those are options that you can have as well. And I, and I think there's a shortage on teachers. I really feel like there are. There's there's so many people with so much to give, and I understand that. You know, it, it it's hard to, to give up clientele or whatever to mm-hmm. do that, but the reward for it is so much more. And, and being able to watch other barbers grow, I think, is a real blessing to see them go from just picking up a pair of clippers and doing nothing with it to successful is awesome. We forgot one thing. What's that? We talked about instructing. Um, we talked about working in the barbershop. We talked about coming to podcasts. We forgot about... The, other the thing Confess Project. Yeah, the other thing of barbering that we do. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole, yeah. And that's a big thing, that's too. That's a big thing, getting to travel and teach barbers about mental health. Going to different cities. And yeah. Being, and everybody's been, it's been a blessing. Everybody's received us well. That's a, yeah. So, so many different things that you could do in this industry that when I started, I, I couldn't even put a picture on. I couldn't even, like, visualize that. I didn't visualize it when I first started cutting hair. And then, you know, when I go into the hair show in Knoxville, I saw... Uh, the guys from the Tennessee House of Fades. Yeah. I saw all of them, and they recognized me, and it was a blessing to see them there. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Just that brother, that network that you can have. That's amazing. So I would recommend – I wouldn't say I would recommend. I, I would, it would be up to you. But if you come out of school, I, I would say give yourself at least two years in the shop. 
unless you're in a, there is a few situations where um I, there's a gentleman in the shop and he wants to be a barber because there are no barbers at right. all and he wants to open a shop you know situations like that but he still needs to weigh out all the options of yes. why he would do that and it's okay if you get to a shop and you stay there 10 years yeah it's okay if you get, go to a shop you stay there 15 years i mean there's nothing wrong with that no i mean you, you could be strategic and give yourself an opportunity to do other things besides barbering just by working in the shop uh, and uh the, the guy that works in his shop that came in here with us um Bobby. Bobby mm-hmm. does he does real estate. Yes. And it, I mean and that's a, and that's not a very I don't say it's difficult to get a real estate license because it probably is, but it I, from what I understand Virginia it's like 600 hours and and you you right. can do that on the side in between appointments go show a house. Yep. I mean there's just so many possibilities. Give yourself open up the man. Amazing. Yeah, so again, this episode just talking about students coming out of school thinking about them in the shop or working in the shop. There's so much benefits of coming in and learn the trade and learn the skill without putting pressure on yourself. There's so much benefits. Give yourself time to grow. Give yourself time to hone your skills. Give yourself time to just build relationships. And it's okay. You don't have to be the shop owner. You don't have to let that egoistic thing talk to you and be like, hey, me, I'm on top now. I open the shop. And clients will do that to you sometimes too, because like and indirectly, just wanting the best from you, wanting to see you grow, and wanting right. the best for you to be. Like, hey man, when you so when you shop? get your own spot, we, and that's I understand that. that happens all the time. Yeah. It's probably a guy getting it whispered to the ear yeah. right now. So Yo, it's time for you get your own shop. It's time for you to shine, man. Mm-hmm. You up under him, and you making this shop. You make this shop. How much you pay him a week? Yeah, don't, Shoot, don't, you can do your own thing. Don't listen to that. <laughs> don't listen to that. Even if you're paying your boo friend a commission, and your boo friend is typically some boo friends go to. Um, one seventy five to two fifty a week. If you're making the standard rate in the barber industry is seventy thirty. That's the standard rate. So if you're making a thousand dollars, you gotta give three hundred dollars. If you're making ten dollars, you gotta give three dollars. The standard rate is seventy thirty. But some barber shops out there are generous where they'll be like boofront seventy five, boofront a hundred, boofront one fifty. But the standard rate typically is seventy thirty, sixty, forty some but seventy thirty, yeah, and I'm I'm fortunate to be on the latter end of that, and I, and with that I feel like I should even give back even more right. to the shop that I work at and promote it, and and not for not not because the money's going in my pocket, but just because I am a representative of that shop and it reflects me as well as I reflect it. Right, and you feel you you should. Yep, yep, great thing, great, great yeah, that's that's big. So for you guys out there, Barber College Success brought to you by Craig Charles of Crown Cuts Academy, JC, Crown Cuts Academy Bristol, and Craig's Crown Cuts Barbershop, downtown Johnson City, and my co-host. And my fields, and my your barber. Yes, sir. So what happened to you? What did you do this weekend? Oh, I, yes. I got to hear it. Oh. We told him at the beginning, you'll tell us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this weekend, I went to a Dave Chappelle show in Atlanta. It was a documentary. It was so dope. That's crazy. It I'm, was so dope. Oh, man. I mean, this is the second one within, like, um... Three weeks. I mean, uh, four four weeks. You know how many times I watch Block Party by Dave Chappelle? Yeah. Man, but, the, I wanna, uh, but the dope part about this, right? It starts out with a documentary screen talking about um, Dave Chappelle having these um, comedy shows in his cornfield in Ohio mm-hmm. and during um, the pandemic and how some people out there was just not receptive and they were... I mean, they had like six feet apart. Everybody had their mask on and mm-hmm. doing their thing. Everybody's getting checked. They're shown. 
But uh, there were some people in the community who was like, man, it's vulgar, it's, it's too loud, <coughs> blah, 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 <coughs> causing my, the community to go down. That town, that community, that documentary, now that comedy show with people coming in generated like $9 million. In that town? In that town. That's crazy. Nobody's <laughs> <laughs> saying that now. Yeah, I mean, they were just knocking it. And Dave Chappelle did a documentary on the whole George Floyd thing and all that. And it was, it, it was, it was epic. But the best part about this, right, he said Dave Chappelle and friends. So everybody was wondering, is Dave Chappelle here? Or he just has this documentary that's going on in the screen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, Dave Chappelle's not even here, man. He's going to have a documentary. Man, it's some, I could have watched this on Netflix. Yeah, he paid for it to stream it. Yeah, I could have watched this on Netflix. But uh-huh. the, the funny part is, you go to Dave Chappelle's show, you, you can't bring your phones in. Yeah, I knew that. They're locked up mm-hmm. and nobody has their phones. A lot of comedians do that. Yeah, I'm like, Come on, man. So, like, the you, you think you a lot of times you think you can't be without your phone, mm-hmm. but you without your phone for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, man, what's going on in the game? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but point proven is that you don't need your phone on on you all that time because if you get four hours without using it, you're good. End of the show. They start talking. The credits started coming up. Blah blah. blah. Dave Chappelle comes out. Mm. People stop. People were walking out. People were walking out. People were walking out. Then he comes out with this like jumpsuit and started cracking jokes. Did he stop him from walking out? What did he say? Some people were already gone. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that's a heartbreaker. Because a lot of people wasn't thinking he was coming. I, mean, I had a conversation at the concession stand. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't think Dave should come. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't coming. Uh, he, he, I mean, I could have watched this on Netflix. Dave's man. probably under the disguise. Yeah. So <laughs> the dude was like, yeah, man, we could watch this. We could stream this. But I mean, why? <laughs> Dave Chappelle comes out. People started running back. That's crazy. He started talking, you know what I'm saying, doing this doing skit. And then the best part about it, the best part about this thing, right? This dude had a mini concert afterwards. Uh, oh, was it like artist was there? Usher came out. Usher? Jeezy came out. Jeezy? Monica. Monica. I ain't heard her in a minute. Two Chains. 21 Savage. And people left. T.I. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did they just do like one song? Everybody Killer did a song? Mike. They did about two or three songs. That's crazy. Um, Killer Mike. T Pain, it was epic. I mean, some of the artists I've never seen before in my life, and they came out and just like they went crazy. Usher came out first, and I'm like, yeah, this is dope. <laughs> this is dope. <laughs> That's crazy. Then Usher, then then he's singing a song. Then his um his duet with um Jeezy came. We see the crowd went nuts. This everybody in Atlanta came out. The crowd went nuts. The crowd went nuts. And then Two Chains came out. Then you start seeing Lil John came out. Lil John was there. I've been wondering what happened here. I it, know. It was, it was, I mean, it was just like a mini summer jam, but it was all this with the with the um, the documentary. That's dope. But a lot of people left. I can't believe that. That is crazy. But they can't have their phones there, so they they don't know what they missed. They yeah. might still be ignorant to. They might yeah. be listening to podcasts like, "Oh my god, what have I done?" A lot of people left. But it was, I think, tomorrow night. He's in New York. But it was. Dave Chappelle and friends. I guess wherever city he goes, he kind of brings a local like artist. Mm-hmm. That it, makes sense. It was. I was like, man, these dudes came out, did a mini concert. Did it big? It was. It was dope. Who Everybody, was your favorite performer? All of. Hmm. I mean, Jeezy. I haven't. I've never seen Jeezy in, in concert. That's a big deal. We yeah. had a snowman shirt on. Yellow <laughs> <laughs> bubble jacket and was rocking it. I mean, I like Twenty One Savage. Twenty One Savage. He did his thing too. He's all right. He did his thing, and then um. I mean, T.I. came out, he, t- he tore it up. 
Oh yeah, Ti. That's that's yeah. his city. He rock, he rocked it. Ti, T Pain. If Andre three thousand was there though, I would have lost it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm thinking Future could have came out, Migos could have came out, all those dudes from Atlanta. Man, that was wild. You you didn't know. You just people just kept coming out. Yeah, I, I'm thinking like, what's going on? And then I'm like, damn, we we was about to leave ourselves. Huh. That's awesome. So that's what I did this Saturday, this weekend. I stayed at home and, <laughs> and played video games. <laughs> hey man, I wish I could have done the same, man. Man, but it was good. It was a good experience. It's a blessing. So that's why I got your gift. <laughs> I'm, 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 I, nah. Is T.I. going to come out the back? <laughs> is T, you brought T.I. here? Hey, man, I wish I could. <laughs> I would have brought him up. Yeah, Man. But anyway, man, we had a good time, and that's what the surprise was. Anyone out there listening? Again, check us out on YouTube, on Spotify, any major podcast platform, any major social media outlet we're on check us out if you have any questions hit us up hit us up with any questions that you may have because we we want feedback from you guys we love the feedback from our from our from people who listen from all around the world all around the country i love the feedback i love being able to come on the show and answer a question i love when someone calls and send a message and said man i'm listening to your podcast it keeps me going i love it appreciate what you're doing you and your co-host am i y'all doing some big things one day, I'd like to bring a guest from across the country on our podcast. What's up? Name one of the countries that you that we going where we at? Cambodia, uh, Cambodia, uh, uh, Germany. Just come in, in the, come in the studio. If you fly in the studio, John Sierra, and you're from Germany, and you say you listen to the podcast, we will put you in the podcast on a Monday. If you come into the Johnson City, Tennessee area from across the country. We'll put you in the podcast. That'll be dope. Yep. We had the Google Translate ready. It'll be ready on deck. <laughs> but again, appreciate the love, fellas. Barbacar success. Top 25 feed spot in the country. Barber content. If you have any questions, hit us up. Hit my guy, Am I up? Send him an email. Send him a request to hit you up. And hopefully one day we could take this on the road. Just go to a, a country and just set up and do the podcast. You'll pull up on Germany. On the road, <laughs> you know, I mean, in, in Australia somewhere, in China, man, just pull up, be like, hey, you got some, bar- we gotta get some barbecue success apparel. Okay, yeah, I, think- I got a hat. Lathan, he can make the he can make the podcast. Yeah, apparel. we we got to make barbecue success podcast. Some some apparel. I think that's that's gonna be dope. Yeah, we got we gotta do something with that, and put some red and blue in the pole. So yeah, no, no, that's that's it. That's it. What's your lasting words, am I? It was written. It was written. Anything you want to say to the faint of heart who's thinking about on the borderline of how they're going to jump into a shop, what they want to do when they get out of school, or if you're just thinking about changing careers and you just want looking for advice of what to do, how to. Go. And also, the other option is if you're going on your own mobile barber, that's okay too. That's but a cheap way to do it. Yeah, cheap way to do it. Amen. Still accomplish the same thing. Follow your heart. Yes, sir. And make it your passion. Give you all all day. Because your net worth, your network increases your net worth. 